On December 18th, Paramount Network released its third Yellowstone-centric show, its second Yellowstone prequel, and its first episode for the highly anticipated 1923. The show stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren as they take up the roles of Jacob and Kara Dunn. On this podcast, we will be discussing Yellowstone's expansive reach, 1923's production, and of course, our overall thoughts. Welcome to today's episode. Remember, do you remember what I rated 1883? Yeah, you gave it a nine. I gave it a nine. Hmm. Well, to do this show, I went back and watched the final five episodes that I had not watched. And uh, I came away a little disappointed at how meandering it became at times. You know, that's actually a complaint that some people have said. They said the first few episodes were pretty great, but then he kind of, does it turn into like a love story? It focuses a lot on Isabel May's characters and her Elsa? romantic relationships. Yeah, it does. It concentrates a lot. On oh, her. I'm disappointed to hear that because I saw the pilot to 1883 yesterday and I was like, yeah, this it's is great, really good. Right? Yeah, this is really it good. It still deserves the nine, I hope. Yeah, like it's, I, yeah I That think. was still a decent rating. And, and I agreed also with what you said when we did the podcast where you were like, this seems like, it seemed like a show that a cool high school teacher would put on. Maybe you would have to skip some parts <laughs> of it, but it's like, it's action packed. You, you get like a good sense of all the characters. And there's all those different storylines going on. Like they introduced her father's storyline. You have Sam Elliott's storyline. Like, and there were different places. But by the middle episodes, it was all just the planes as they're crossing the Oregon Trail. Repetitive conversations. There'd be one or two fight scenes or something dramatic that happened. But you would just watch people. It became very bleak. That's actually, that's interesting because that sounds more like the Yellowstone pilot. I watched it uh, to kind of get the headspace for this. And Yellowstone, the pilot was good. But, like, the main plot point for that pilot, which was an hour and 30 minutes, by the way, so it did kind of drag sometimes, was that some cattle wandered onto Native American reservations, and the oh. Native Americans didn't want to give it back. Yeah. But it was just, like, that for a good 90 minutes. Well, you still have the Native American storyline in both 1883 and 1923, but... As far as what I learned from 1883 is that you can't trust Taylor Sheridan's pilots to indicate the rest of the show. So I'm wary about 1923 for exactly that reason. There do seem to be several different storylines happening in different places. Like I was not expecting to see zebras and elephants and leopards (laughs) in this first episode. But because we have a storyline based in Kenya, in Africa, it's that we get to see. They shot there, yeah. For real? Yeah. So it was actually shot? South Africa. I'll take a wild guess and say that out of all the animals, though, from the sheep to the cattle to the horses to everything, that the lions and the leopards were probably CGI. Are there fight scenes with the lions they are, and the leopards? There are fight scenes. So in the first safari scene that we get with Spencer, he kills Mufasa. Mufasa, he's like staring <laughs> into a bush and out comes charging a lion and it almost tackles him. It does tackle him. It's like him. the Jungle Book. Yeah, he shoots it right in the face, kills it. Um, and oh, that's then, not like the Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Jungle Book. And then later on, um, it's near the end of the show, he's hunting this leopard, right, that's uh, going after these British tourists. Mm. Um, actually, like British imperialists almost because they're kind of taking over and, and making Africa their own uh, tromping ground. And uh, so he's like fighting a leopard and he kills one just to learn, this is a cliffhanger, that uh, there was a second leopard and it's charging him. 
And that's how they end the episode? That's for Spencer's ending. But there's that's several, like La Brea. There's that's several like La Brea. different... Yeah. If you remember, the saber-toothed tiger is charging like one of the main characters at the end, and then they cut. But the it. difference is, in La Brea, all the animals were CGI. And in this, I think like the elephants looked real, and the cattle are, of course, real. The yeah. horses are always real, just like 1983. Or 1883, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford, they star in this. And if you haven't seen 1883, you kind of have to watch it in order to understand where the lineage of the Dutton family has come from. But at the same time, like a lot of it is still confusing. I still needed to pull up a family tree in order to understand who was who. At first, because I didn't know Elsa... And this is a spoiler for 1883, but I didn't know that Elsa dies in the show. So when I first saw Helen Mirren cast in this, I thought maybe she was Elsa 40 years later. But that wouldn't make sense because Elsa is 18 in the show. And so that would just make her like 50, yeah. 58. And, and Helen Mirren is in her 70s. And so Mirren... then I was like, is this actually the mom's character? And uh, Margaret from right. 1883. And that would have fit age range perfectly. And Harrison Ford could have then been James Dutton. However, they quickly write that off as well. So apparently after 1883, um, Elsa has passed away. Her mom and dad and her uh, brother have all moved into Yellowstone. But apparently her dad and mom both die within like 10 years of moving there. So they kill off two of the lone survivors from the 1883 because not a lot of people make it out of that show and uh and harrison ford is actually supposed to be james's brother jacob who moves into yellowstone um and raises john as one of the kids and the other and she has another brother um uh elsa does but that she never met um and that would have been spencer and then john has a kid named um I think Jack and Jack is the one who's get or Jack or Jake. And he's the one getting um, it's Jake. And he's the one getting married to this other girl in this episode. So one of my complaints about this show is that there are too many John, Jacob, James, Jake's, Jack's <laughs> J to, names to, to, to keep track of. Um, but also, yeah, so you, sh- don't you hear Elsa at the beginning of the show? Though? The narration. Yes. That's what made me think that Helen Mirren was her at first before I went back and watched 1883. So Elsa's going to, narrate i assume the entire series like i know she's dead kind of like desperate housewives um where you had the i think the character who dies in the first episode narrate the entire first season i tried to see i think at this point they're keeping it kind of i don't know if she's going to be the narrator or not you don't because i think she she's sort of the soul of both the shows she's sort of the soul of the family at this point that it just transfers over like she dies very heroically she chooses her own grave spot like it takes a while for that infection to set in but um with Kara she is running through her backyard I assume uh with a shotgun chasing a crook and the crook turns around and he's like don't shoot me uh you'll go to hell and that was a reoccurring theme in the first uh in 1883 I'm gonna consider that the first season good because when we were doing the 1883 podcast i said that it was renewed but really i meant that like they had done another show so this is that next show so you're retro- retroactively trying to correct your yeah previous mistake. <laughs> okay that's cool i think we also talked about it in the mayor of kingston podcast uh that he was working on 1923 so it's not that much of a surprise that it's a carryover and i don't know if they're gonna have one more in between 
1923 and Yellowstone, I assume maybe every 40 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be having a couple more. Oh, they're going to we'll, have a couple more. We'll get there, yeah. Sure. So in the first scene, she chases down this guy and uh, she's about to shoot him with a shotgun and he's like trying to appeal. He's like, take me to the sheriff's office. They can hang me. I don't care, but just don't kill me right now. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. And then she shoots and the shotgun's out of bullets or it misfires or something. And then so she has to like race against his him trying to put bullets into his gun and they both get off their shots at the same time very reminiscent to the 1883 no and not only that not only that also reminiscent to yellowstone yellowstone it starts off with kevin costner he it's the aftermath of a crash and he shoots a horse mm -hmm. 1883 like you're talking about uh elsa but the horse doesn't shoot him at the same time no that's true i'm saying that the shots were almost identical in timing it's just that the shot from the crook only grazed her head so she was so she didn't okay so she's not like at risk of dying uh, it, like it would have been cheap if they had done the same thing that mm -hmm. they did in 1883 so she kills that crook to begin the show we so she we know that she's a badass and then we see harrison ford as jacob dutton and because 40 years have gone by you do get some differences in the way that the towns are presented. They are more modern, they're brick and mortar, there's locomotives now, uh, prohibition proponents, the temperance movement is in full swing. Right, like, it was originally called 1932, but they inverted the numbers 1923 to actually include stuff like that. It really? Yeah. Because it would be also very difficult for them to cast um, Jacob Dutton, Harrison Ford's character would be super old by that point. If he's supposed to have lived through the Civil War and then also this, that would have been quite a old man <laughs> he, he's one of the last people that was cast for the show okay yeah and then also some differences are there's more barbed wire so in 1883 barbed wire had just sort of been invented or was just starting to be used and one of the things that james had had this conversation i think it was with charlie and they were like they're just gonna start breaking up the entire united states and gritting it off with this barbed wire and it sucks because up until then people would just drive there would be danger with uh, Native Americans and also just bandits and stuff roaming around. But it was basically the cowboy lifestyle in the Midwest where you could just like go on your horse wherever. Right. Now with barbed wire in full swing 40 years later, uh, it, the Yellowstone property has been quarantined off. And that's a big deal because there's the Montana Livestock Association, which is the bureaucracy of the town. So everybody is into farming and they have their cattle or their sheep. But the sheep people and the cattle people, they both have the same problem. There's a bunch of locusts in the fields, which is eating all the grass, which is making all the animals die yeah, and starve, right? Off, yeah. So the sheep people are arguing that uh, a bunch of the cattle farmers had killed their sheep. And then it comes out to light that they the sheep had actually gone over onto the cattle farmer's side property and eaten a lot of their grass. So that's where the Yellowstone connection comes into play. So that's where Jacob Dutton has no sympathy for the sheep people. And so when he leaves the association, they have this big meeting and the sheep people lose. Um, they, they start to get into a kind of a ruckus, you know, a, a ramble outside and they're, they're about to have a shootout or something. And then like the town sheriff comes out and he's like, not in my town. I was going to say, if this was 1883, at least from the pilot standards, they would already be in a gunfight. Yeah, but... Like Harrison Ford's character, uh, Jacob Dutton, is so well known, like he owns most of Yellowstone. So like his plan is that he's going to take his it would have been a big deal if they had fought him is what I was saying. But like his plan is that he's going to take his cattle farther up north than they ever go to get them food. And by doing that, they risk getting like a bunch of grizzly bears to attack them, mm -hmm. which they don't usually have a problem with because grizzly bears live in the north. But that actually interferes with Jake's wedding. And Jake is his uh, brother's son's son. <laughs> okay, 
So Jake is in love with this one girl, and that is uh, about as romantic a subplot as you can have in the show. She's very upset that they're going to have to delay the wedding by a week, but then they send Kara Dutton to go and convince her that, like, this is the life of a rancher. Uh, you got to just, like, miss weddings, and he might miss the, the birth punches. of your yeah. uh, child. And, and by the end, Jake and his uh, fiance are back in each other's arms, professing their love for each other. And so you got that going down. So then we're back to the safari warrior, Spencer. He's he's He has PTSD because he served in World War One. He's a World War One vet. He was a gun for hire. Um, and for at first, I thought he was actually John's character, but John is Jake's dad. And John was the only person from the first from 1883 who makes an appearance in this. Oh, okay. So they actually the do little have a crossover. kid in 1883 is still around in in the future. But okay, but, but no one else is. Like by the end, not even Sam Elliott. But it's characters. not. But it's not the same actor. He's obviously no, way older now. No, he's the dad of Jake, the okay. one who's getting married. But uh, yeah, so his brother, though, Spencer, who wasn't alive in the 1883 plot, is the safari warrior. And because of his World War I PTSD, he is refusing to go back home. And all he wants to do is just hunt wildlife and uh, earn money that way, earn his keep that way. Right. So he wakes up on a train and he takes this job where he goes to this British colonial camp. And there's like, you know, the high class British people who think that they know everything and they're just afraid of this little leper that's popped in there and they're like go you can go take care of that and this one uh woman takes a real fancy to spencer like she's really impressed by him and she's married but she's just like endeared by him (laughs) right so later that night she goes out to take like a dump in the woods um and and by doing that this is when like the leopards are hunting she gets eaten at, she gets eaten? She, yeah, she's she, like, I'm like, is this going to be a love interest type? No, she just gets her neck snapped as this leopard comes and eats her. And while it's eating her, that's when um, uh, Spencer is able to take out the first leopard. But his two companion, like, fighters that he's with, um, they warn him that there's the second leopard. And that's when he gets almost jumped by them. And the third storyline, which is completely different than anything we've seen up until now. Like, they've always had sort of racism in Native Americans. Like, they want to show that they were disrespected for the longest amount of time. Like, even when they were fighting Elsa, they had a reason to. We just learned that later on in the show. So that plays a part here. There's 15 minutes that we get. It's a re-education plot. Um, So there were these schools, American Indian boarding schools, that popped up at the beginning of the uh, 19th century. And uh, they basically stripped away these kids from the um, uh, Native Americans and took them to indoctrinate them with American Christian ideology and also keep like parents' letters away from them and destroy their culture. And, and, and it was this terrible thing that happened all across the Midwest. Like I know it happened, they're saying it happened in Montana, but it also happened in Arizona, New Mexico, everywhere. Um, and there's this girl named Tiona Rainwater and we see her in class getting her hands just smacked to shreds. So there is a rainwater in this. Yeah, no, she's, she, there. that family is in Yellowstone. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, the, that character. So she, she grows up and then her kids, kids. Yeah, you get backstory on it, yeah. Great. So she, well, I mean, this is really sad because you see her just getting, like, beat up by the nun who's the teacher who's asking these, like, very specific questions that she knows that she's going to get wrong. And then at some point, Tiona breaks and, like, just, 
starts beating up the nun and they both get sent to the principal's office, which is just the like priest guy. And he at first seems to take some compassion towards what happened. Like he can tell that the nun had been really going after Tiona. And so he starts like whipping her, the nun on her hands to show her how it feels. But then afterwards he then takes Tiona to make an example of her and just whips the back of her legs Mm -hmm. to a point where they, she can like hardly walk. And then later on we get the scene where she's in the bathtub and the nun walks over to her and she's like we both don't want that to happen again but the whole community of of kids are just being it's the handmaid's tale while i was watching i was just like this whole plot is again very bleak like 1883 but it's super and so super depressing but also very much like the handmaid's tale where it's just they, they have no escape and yeah. that's all that they're thinking about is that they want to escape so those are those two storylines and the last thing that happens is jacob dutton takes the cattle with jake and the rest of the family and the ranchers all the way up to the north. But during the night, the sheep people, right, not realizing that that was the plan of the cattle people, decided that they were going to go and cut into the barbed wire of the Dutton family house (laughs) and and put all their sheep in there and have them graze on their land. And so the next day or days later, when they bring up the cattle, Jake is the first person who runs up the mountain and sees all the sheep. And he's like, what the? And then that's when he looks straight out in front of him and sees very far away this guy with a rifle pointed right at him and shoots and then we get a blackout and so we don't know if he's alive either so both his uh, both spencer and jake could be dead however i'm pretty sure that jake survives because that would take the insane rifling shot of like a magnificent seven character in order to kill him but there was that dramatic tension for a second where it was like are they really going to bring back a dead body and have his wife who or to be um uh, just break this yeah. this seems like the all-encompassing show when i was watching 1883 i said that it was very very different from yellowstone but i definitely see more similarities from your plot description from 1923 to 1883 and to yellowstone yeah i made a list of similarities there's cowboy hats Lots of cowboy hats. There's love. There's grief. Um, all about the family. Respect for nature. Disrespect for Native Americans. Imperialism. Now it's not just um, how the Americans came onto Native American lands, but it's now the British people coming into Africa and treating it like they own the place. So you have two sides of that same power imbalance. And, uh, and then also the themes are relatively similar to the bleak narration, the heartbreak, baggage, pain, grief. Um, the, the World War I uh, post-traumatic stress, um, the relationship drama. There are some heavy eye roll moments where it becomes kind of tough to just continually give compassion to characters where you're like, I get it. I get what you're trying to present here. This is sad. You don't need to overdo it. There is slow-mo, landscape shots, cattle horses, open plains, wise old men, um, and, and it is sort of a slow burn. So, so would you say that 1883 was better in this pilot then? Yes, because I was expecting more from 1883. This one, I came in kind of more cynical because when Elsa's storyline took over everything, it also uh, made the Oregon Trail plotline feel like they didn't have enough uh, story to fill up eight episodes almost. This, I, I think that they've set themselves up in a better position because they have the Africa storyline, because they have the re-education school storyline. So it's three different plots going on at the same time. But all in all, I would probably give the show a 7.5. 
and uh, I'm not sure if I will continue to watch it. If you hear that it gets really good, will you will you go back? Maybe when I have time. I have a lot of shows that I have to get to, but I do know that this is one that was highly looked at. Like Taylor Sheridan shows are always kind of uh, highly anticipated because you can always depend on Taylor Sheridan to throw something of a twist towards his his shows. And that's yeah, that's the thing. I think that Taylor Sheridan, in my opinion, is the hardest working screenwriter right now. I mean, he's <laughs> literally people are saying that he spread so thin. In November 2021, he came out with Mayor of Kingstown. December 2021, he came out with 1883. Last month, he came out with Tulsa King. And then this month, he came out with 1923. All of those shows that I just mentioned, including Yellowstone season five, uh, have been renewed except for 1883, which ended on his own accord. And with that, well, yeah, I mean, it would have been really hard to continue it. Like I was talking about, it was already sort of starting to lose steam by the end. And once they kind of said, okay, we're here in Yellowstone, I don't know what they could have done for 1884. And also, you have Godless that took place in 1884, so that year's already covered. But the thing is that, like, all the shows that I mentioned are between 8.2 and 8.8 on IMDb yeah. for the overall score, s- scores. And you Mayor, also bring in some huge talent. Mayor like, of Kingstown, yeah. Mayor of Kingstown is actually gaining its second season. It's going to be released in January. And, yeah, you had Jeremy Renner there and uh, Kyle Chandler, 1883. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about the from Yellowstone to 1883 to now 1923 with Harrison Ford. You're getting people who don't do television yeah no this is actually one of harrison ford's first major tv roles the main reason he did it is because he saw that helen mirren was going to be in it and he was like okay i want to work with her and helen mirren wanted to work on 1923 because she saw 1883 and was like you know what this is amazing so when taylor sheridan approached her she was like absolutely i'm going to do it it feels like the equivalent of like downton abbey and maggie smith when she decided to do that show but also it feels like when in no trade clauses for uh different sports when um, actors are saying, no, I won't do TV shows unless, you know, it's like I won't be traded to the to, to any team unless it's the Yankees, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless it's a Taylor Sheridan show. It's It's been renewed for another season. It's going to be eight episodes for Wait, that one as this, well. Yes. This 1923 has? Yes. Yeah. And I'm so, confused. Wow. I guess because it's a bigger world and there's more characters and it's not just about one mission. Yeah, I mean, they shot in South Africa, Tanzania, and Malta, but they also shot in uh, Buttes Uptown, which is in Montana. They, like, build a ton of sets. They repainted several buildings and roads. That's so, weird yeah. to me, though. I thought that these were all going to be, like, little tiny mini series, 1883, Well, it's the second season is definitely going to be the end of the series. Okay. They're not, they're not going to go past that. So it's like Andor, where they, where they were, like, this is great. We're going to do you two seasons, but then it's con- natural conclusion. Yeah. Um, and also, like, we can't bet that Harrison Ford is still going to want to be doing this in two years. I mean, and yeah, apparently the shooting, they had to, like, uh, do two week at Cowboy Camp. Taylor Sheridan made that mandatory. They did, like, nine to five, just, like, learning how to ride horses, which mm-hmm. I remember was similar for 1883. Oh, in 1883, it was, it would have been very obvious if someone was on the cast didn't know how to ride a horse because that's what they're doing half the time. Also, uh, the last show that wasn't a Taylor Sheridan show that we did, I think, that concentrated so much on the Western atmosphere was um, about the big hole in the ground. What was that called? Uh, Outer Range. Outer Range, right? 
And that also had a big name attached, right? Yeah, Josh Brolin attached. Yeah, it had yeah. Josh Brolin. So it feels like they are a lot of people are wanting to transfer over into the cowboy universe and do something that way. The show itself has an 8.4 on IMDb, a little over a thousand reviews. That's nothing when compared to his other reviews. So I can only imagine his other reviews for IMDb. So I can only imagine those reviews. I'm surprised you're even up. able to get a review this early. Usually there's only a couple hundred because the show was very recent and only came out right on Paramount Plus. Yeah, but I imagine the numbers are going to shoot up. 1883 had 70k thousand reviews and Yellowstone had 142,000 uh, reviews for it. So again, I assume those numbers are going to shoot up because 1883 had 70,000 reviews for it and Yellowstone had 142,000 reviews for it. it. Has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. I just realized who the sheep herder was in my head. It was Braun, I think, from... Yes, uh, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. From Game of Thrones. I was like, I was like, he was so recognizable. And then I was like flipping through in my head and I, I got You there. just now were going to Yeah, you know. He was in the trailer. Yeah, Dennis Geek wrote, It did extremely well with its premiere. It introduces a new time, new characters, and sets up intrigue in those characters. Gave it four out of five stars. People Magazine was also very favorable for it. They said Mirren and Harrison Ford are well-matched as new Dutton power players. But did anybody mention that they, they, they do... 1883 dirty they like take the few remi- remaining survivors and they give them some terrible ends like the main character james would have only lasted 10 years after 1883 and then died and then his wife froze by the time jacob dutton got to the, the way that it's described in the narration jacob got, D- dutton got to yellowstone he found two like starving kids and the the wife nearly like frozen or was frozen she died yeah That's, so so and those were like two main characters none it's of so the, weird. none of the critics like mentioned how they did 1883 dirty but i think that they kind of have the same thought process as you which is like they're unsure because i you did have like the hollywood reporter which called it uneven and said that like yeah 1923 is like kind of an enigma we're not really sure if we can trust it at this point av club gave the pilot like a b the guardian three out of five and uh and that kind of brings me to my last point that I wanted to bring up about Yellowstone. So Yellowstone still in viewership is killing it, breaking records. It's doubling like keen demographics. I think in season five, it got like, it was simulcast on three different shows, 12.1 million viewers, which is insane. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes for that season, but a 22% audience score. Hmm. And so I wanted to do some research. I wanted to see what people were saying. A lot of people are saying, A. It's Jump the Shark. It's Jump the Shark. It's dragged out. There are just some characters that are so annoying to watch now. It's been going on for way too long. But I doubt Sheridan's the one who's actually doing the writing for it anymore. He is. In fact, no, but I mean, like, he has as much control over his pitch that he originally did. Like, he's too busy doing all these other things well that's the thing he wants to do 6666 which is a that's the one yeah that's the one that we were talking about last time he's still that's still like going into production right now but he also wants to do uh he's contemplating doing a 40s uh, version of this Yellowstone thing and 60s TV that's show. That's what I thought it was, yeah. But that's that makes me think to myself, especially with people kind of getting tired of it, I feel like Yellowstone and all this universe could turn into the the way that people view the new Star Wars films. Where it's like, initially, yes, people I were very I see it more as like a it. refresh thing. Like, okay, let's take a break from Yellowstone, even if they needed to take a hiatus on that show and, and wait a while while they pitch these kind of breaking bad Better Call Saul prequels. Um, so, so that they can kind of pump up the, uh, the enthusiasm for the original show. Again. I agree with you, but when you have six different uh, Better Call yeah. Souls, that's it. One of them no, fails and people are going to probably kind of get pretty tired of it. Now, I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying that, you know, too much of a good thing is something that happens. 
Maybe if they started like combining it with all these other Western shows that are coming out, like Billy the Kid or The Gilded Age actually took place during the 1883 times. It's just interesting how like different parts of the world portray different versions of history. So like in The Gilded Age, everybody was like fancy dressed, New York lifestyle. And then in 1883 for Taylor Sheridan, everybody was a cowboy. It seemed like the way that uh, that was pitched was that Taylor Sheridan actually wasn't planning on making this TV show. He was talking to one of the presidents of, I think, Paramount, and he was explaining the backstory to the Duddons. And then one of the presidents was like, that could be a TV show. So he decided to make this one as well. Hmm. Um, I know that when they were shooting it, they only had the first three scripts available. I think that like Taylor Sheridan is keeping that tight on lock. But this is actually the first show that he's not directing as well. He's still producing, writing, and, and the showrunner. Who but they get to direct? For the pilot, it was Ben Richardson. He's worked on The Fault in Our Stars, Wind River, Those Who Wish Me Dead. So like a lot of like Emmy and uh Yeah, Oscar I feel like I recognize movies. that name. Uh, is there anything else that we should speak about the show specifically? I, I think, think my favorite part was, <laughs> was seeing a leopard almost take down the guy. Actually taking down the girl who they thankfully killed off as opposed to made another love interest. <laughs> It is super bum bumming though to watch the um, the American Indian boarding schools. So I, I hope I hope they do something not to to make it lighter than it actually was because it's good to be reflective uh, of a different time period and and uh, look at mistakes that were made. But um, like it's just it's a bummer to watch. I imagine. Yeah. Um, so episode yeah. two will not premiere until like two weeks from now because of Christmas. Oh, okay, sure. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.